Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Here comes the man who has toured Joint Chiefs of Staff, launched nuclear missiles, and reported to Ross Perot, CCAR's 2020 President, David Long. Hello, and welcome to The Top. Jonna is unable to join us today, but I'm ready to dive into today's episode on Smart Home. I have a tech background myself, so this topic definitely speaks to my interests. This is an emerging issue in our industry that really deserves our attention. Our guest today is Matthew Rathburn, and I'm sure he's going to give us a lot of things to think about. It's a little bit of background about Matthew. is a licensed broker in Virginia, an executive vice president of Caldwell Banker Elite. He also teaches a number of national designation courses, broker manager courses, and risk reduction programs. But he joins us today because of his extensive knowledge of smart homes and their impact on real estate transactions. So, hi, Matthew. Thanks for speaking with us today. Hey. Yeah, no problem. I love this topic. It's more of an honor to, to be asked chatting about it. Very good. Well, I was wondering if you could start off by telling us about how and why you became a smart homes guru. <laughs> because I'm a geek, and it was kind of just the next thing. I, uh, I just always love gadgets, right? So anything that I get my hands on, I love. Palm Pilots, when they first came out in our industry, I always wanted to have the best flip phone when it was there. And uh, it's just migrated from one thing after another. And um, I started teaching real estate classes pretty much my first year in the business. And in about, around about 2006, I was prepping for an ABR class. And I'm sitting there and I'm kind of like looking through things online. I'm like, what's, what's next? What's new? What's advanced? What's something these folks are going to come to class and not? Not know, and I stumbled on a video from a company called Control Four. And Control Four at the time was kind of the precursor. They're now like a big smart home company, but back then they were kind of on the front end of it. They were using Bluetooth and uh, fobs and things to automate the home. Uh, not really the way we know it now, but but some way. And I introduced that in my class. And so from 2006 to up until smart homes became more prolific. I was uh, talking about it in every class I could to say, this is coming, this is coming, this is going to be here. And so when we finally started getting affordable devices rolling out, I kind of got into a competition with a friend of mine to see who could get more junk in their home working <laughs> than anybody else. Yeah. And the first real device, I guess, I came across that got me excited was at NAR, of all places. I was there for a national conference. And I went to Startup Alley, my favorite part of the conference always, to see what new things coming up. And uh, there was this funky-looking lock on a table. It was just a, a, one of those circle tables, you know, with the white cloth over it. Yep. And I heard an agent, before I even saw what the product was, I heard an agent kind of saying, that's junk, no one's ever going to buy that, it's not really relevant, a couple other things, disparaging things, she said to the guy at the table. And I went over and looked, and it was an August lock. It was kind of, it was the first smart lock I'd ever seen. And when he explained it to me, I got ridiculously excited and pre-ordered it and as soon as it came out and, and put it in the house and I still have it in the house today. It's still working. Matter of fact, I have one in all three doors in my house. So that was kind of what piqued my interest as far as a real estate agent and tying it together and marrying my, my geekdom with that. And then what really hit home for me is when we first started talking as an industry about surveillance, right? I mean, the devices were kind of already in homes, but agents really hadn't processed the impact on real estate until they processed oh my gosh, the seller's probably listening into what we're saying and watching what we're doing. Now what? And uh, that's when I went all in. That's, that's when I realized this was a huge impact on us and uh, in many levels. Yeah, that's kind of origin of how I kind of got where I am today. 
And I can identify with that. So, Matthew, what do you think makes a home considered a smart home? Wow. So there's a lot of devices out here. Um, last year and the year before, a media company and a group of folks asked me to, to go to um, the conference, uh, Las Vegas, and the consumer, the CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, which is amazing. It, it is huge. It takes over all Las Vegas, the whole strip, conference center, hotels, all of it. It's amazing. And you can get overwhelmed with it. So there's a lot of things out there that one can get, but really defining what a smart home was, uh, was a process. And so a group from Realogy was working on this about four or five years ago. And I remember a couple of people said, and, and I had the same two cents, if you will, is we really need a definition for this of what a smart home is. Because we had before that, we had green, right? And nobody really knew what green was. Yeah, you could be LEED certified or you could be... There was a number of different, quote-unquote, certifications out there. And some of them were drastically different from one another. And we didn't want that to happen with smart homes. We said, what, what can we do? So the Realogy Group worked with CNET. Uh, CNET does a lot of consumer technology writing and, and posting. And um, they came up with a definition. And so the definition that they came up with for CNET is that, first of all, the house has to have solid internet connection, right? Because a lot of your devices don't really benefit. Your internet of things or IoT devices don't really benefit unless you have strong internet. So satellite internet, those types of things aren't really solid. And then it has at least three different devices. So minimum three devices, one of which has to be either temperature control, uh, like a thermostat, or security, like a camera or, or an alarm system. And so as long as it has three devices, strong internet, one of the devices being either temperature control or our security system, it's under CNET's definition, which is the only one that I know existing right now. It's considered a smart home. So um, how prevalent are smart homes becoming? How, what are you seeing? <laughs> I love this question. So I like this question because not in my market is like the default answer to every realtor every time you talk about anything, right? When you say, say you know, the average consumer is 37 years old, they're like, no, nope, not in my market. The average consumer is 100. I mean, it's always, the agent always, 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 you know, whatever it is, because they haven't seen it or, or been introduced to it. Of the smart home by CNET's definition, it's probably a lower percentage. It's probably somewhere around 50% of homes that have at least three devices, one being either temperature or security. But when you look at the overall numbers, I was just looking this up recently. I was updating some curriculum that I was working on, and it's now about 70%. About 70% of American households have at least one, if not more, and other things or smart device in their home. And when you think about that, I mean, uh, that doesn't mean that those are devices that are going to stay with the home when it conveys, right? Those aren't your big savant type systems and things. But having uh, an Alexa or a Google Home or something like that qualifies as at least one device in the home. So uh, you're looking about three-fourths. I think for agents, the thing to remember is when we talk about 70% of homes having these gadgets, that the one thing most people get in their home is some type of surveillance equipment, either an alarm or a camera. So, uh, you know, it gets back to kind of the immediate impact that it has on, on the industry. It's a lot, a lot of homes, and it's growing every day here. Matter of fact, at Christmas time, the number one category of gifts that's been given over the past three years has been a smart home device or gadget. Uh, okay. uh, and it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. The first time I thought the, the smart home class, is it Chicago? And, and then they are, you know, as an instructor, you kind of walk around and you're like, how's it going? And why are you here? You're going to get a feel for the room, like kind of knowing your audience. This gentleman came in and he said, I'm here to figure out how to not work with people who have these devices in their home. <laughs> 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 I 
that's kind of the weirdest reason ever to show up for a class. Yeah, okay. um, but yeah, he actually said, yeah, my kids have been giving these, giving these gadgets to me for two years because, and as soon as they leave, I throw them away. I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I just don't want them in the house. Uh, now by the end of the class, he was a new evangelist. Like he was going up and asking the course host to record him as a testimonial, why this is important and stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of people who, kind of worried about them, but that number still grows every year. We get more comfortable every day. Right. So with the numbers of smart homes growing in the market, do you think it's important that real estate agents know about and account for smart homes? Yes, they should. And a lot of agents focus on the smart home impact and them being merely surveillance, right? It does absolutely change how you behave in a home, knowing that you're actively being listened to. It shouldn't. It shouldn't because we, we have always had to struggle with, if you had a heads up as an agent, you've always had to deal with people who had listening devices. In. I, I remember a client years and years and years ago who I didn't know until afterwards was taking an old camcorder, putting black tape over the lights so you didn't see it illuminated until he was recording. They would put a four to eight hour DVD in the little camcorder instead of a bookshelf so that they could watch or listen to people coming into the house, right? And, and study them. I had a client years ago who took the receiver from one of those baby uh, monitors to her sister's house next door when buyers would come over so she could listen in to what they were doing. And and HGTV, every episode of these shows that that they show, shows some, for reasons unknown in this day and era, apparently black and white films still exist, but only in HGTV. So your buyers walk through on HGTV and it's black and white video and they're, they're talking in ways that you've never heard a buyer talk before, right? When they're, when they're looking at properties, they're so very sophisticated as buyers, but they're handing it up because they had to sign a waiver and they, they knew they had to go in the house and your seller is watching HGTV for 18 months before they put the house in the market. And they're going, Hey, that's, that's a darn good idea. I, I think I should be recording buyers coming through to better help me position my property and see what people think and, and price it accordingly. And so for us, as agents, that alone was kind of the impetus for a lot of agents to kind of sit up and go, oh, these, these smart gadgets are, are much more of an impact than we thought. But it doesn't end there. You know, when you look at Article 9 of the Code of Ethics, it says there all of our agreements have to be in writing. We have to cover all of our client intent. And so if our buyer wants the best thermostat, it's not like a normal thermostat. It's, just, it's a different animal. If they want the Lutron lights that are wired into the house or some type of personal property, that's got to be adjusted for and written into a contract. And if you don't understand the basic mechanism of it, you're going to miss something. You're not going to serve the buyers or sellers well. And so, for example, for Lutron lights, which are smart dimmers, they go on the wall. They're not very expensive to install. But in order for them to work, they have to have a hub. And so if you're walking through the house with your buyers and you see a shelf of blinking little lights and little plastic boxes somewhere, that's an indication that there's price smart home devices in the house they have to talk to that hub. And if I'm writing a contract for you to purchase a house, I should make sure that I am writing in the contract that not only does the wired-in system convey, but any and all peripherals that are required for it to function have to be transferred, right? Right. You have to, you have to be able to function in that world to kind of know what these things are and how we're going to convey them. Are we going to do as-is testing? You know, if a buyer's coming in, I'm not giving them my username and password to log into my stuff to make sure it all works. And the home inspector needs to know that. So they may not be able to check all the functionality of every system that is still going with the house. And how do you address that in a contract? How do you deal with what level or version of it's going? What about digital keys as opposed to traditional keys? And honestly, just problem solving. And, and 
Can I share a story? Do we have a minute for yeah, for yeah. story? Sure. I actually have two. So since you said yes to one, I'm going to yeah. go all in. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Right. If I'm a if I'm a, a hobbyist and I really like my front home stuff. Sometimes it's a pain in the butt to get to set up and work 100%. So you're very proud when it all works the way that you want to. And when you're putting your house in the market, you want it all to work. And you call your listing agent up and, and he or she comes over and you're walking through the house and they don't spend one second identifying these cool devices and these upgrades that you put in your house. You're going to lose some trust in that agent. A survey was done uh, four years ago where the question was asked, do you think your real estate agent should know about smart homes? And of course, the respondents, 100% of them said, yeah, of course our agents should. It's part of the house. They should everything about that. But I get a call one day, and it's another agent, not somebody with my firm, and, and she's a sweetheart. I love her to death. I would do anything for her. Um, and as a broker, you know, of course, I'm going to do anything for her because one day I'm hoping she'll come land in our company. And she calls me up, and she's got a problem. Her, her client uh, had bought a home, and they're at the home now. They've already closed on it. They went to the house, and now they're calling the attorney and trying to stop the closing because there's something desperately wrong with the HVAC system. And this particular agent, I happened to really, my office is about a block away. So I walked the city block over to help them out. The agent was tied up. She had other clients. She knew it was something to do with that, that weird technology in the house that her clients didn't understand. So she asked me to go talk to them and it's more than happy to do so. So I go over and talk to them. And the story is essentially the home inspector didn't understand how a nest thermostat works. So he told them uh, that it wasn't cooling or heating fast enough. Uh-huh. And so they get an HVAC company. HVAC company says, yeah, home inspector doesn't know what he's talking about. The house is working perfectly fine. This is just how it works. The walkthrough occurs a couple of days before closing, and the buyers adjust the heat to make sure it's, it's heating. Now, by the way, this is the middle of winter. It's, it's freezing outside, but they adjust the heat super, super hot. They do the walkthrough. They don't revisit the house before you know the day of closing. They were there a couple of days. It was vacant. They didn't need to go back. Now they're back. The house is a furnace because for three days it's been cranking on the heat at 85 degrees uh-huh. because when the sellers left it is exactly what i would tell my sellers to do you you disassociate your account with an external status no longer learning and so so they leave the house is now super hot for three days electric bills cry out through the roof right the new buyers show up they can't get the house to cool quick enough because they don't understand the basic premise that nest thermostat is going to get your desired temperature in the most economic way possible. So it could take three hours unless you override that function. I went there and in 15 minutes had them calm down, showed them what it did, explained those things to them, got them to download the app, showed them how cool it was. And we took that really negative thing where they literally had called their attorneys that they stopped the closing because the, the sellers are defrauding us. And all of a sudden it becomes the coolest feature in the house. Yeah. And that was just a little bit of knowledge. We, we recently had a problem. One of my agents called me about a transaction at 7.30 at night and the buyer's at the table saying we're not closing and everybody's frustrated. The attorney wants to go home. The buyers are, you know, standing yep. ground and saying we're yep. not closing because the thermostat that was in the house was off by five degrees. So it seemed to be working. An HVAC company came out and said the thermostat is just, it's, it's going to be off a few degrees. It's an older thermostat. No, no problem. The buyers didn't accept that. They wanted the thermostat to be dead on to what the room temperature was. And it all worked. And it's a $5 thermostat that's probably 20 years old. And the buyers are not budging. They want an escrow. The lender won't give them one. They want a contractor to come out and fix it. And we finally, the agent got so fed up trying to deal with this that she just called me and said, what can we do to help? It honestly took just a few minutes to get on the phone with the buyer and the buyer's agent. The buyer's agent also not really kind of aware about how things work, HVAC systems and stuff. And we essentially said, look, instead of doing all this other stuff, what if we just gift you 
a Nest thermostat where you it's programmable, and I just went through the benefits of it. And they signed. They signed right there. I mean, we gave them a, a we promised them something, wrote an addendum. We had a contractor come out and install the Nest thermostat for a couple hundred bucks. They wanted to escrow $3,000 for HVAC repairs because they didn't know what was wrong with it. And instead, for $300, we just got the thing done and closed because we knew from a problem-solving standpoint how these devices would work and benefit them. It's obvious from what you're saying and with the growth of smart homes that agents today, in working with their sellers, first of all, need to be aware of what's all in the house and need to have some knowledge themselves of the smart home capabilities. And an agent working with a buyer has to be able to convey that information to his clients as well for everything to go smoothly. So um, anything else about what we should know about smart homes? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you're looking at the value that I bring as an agent to, to this, um, just going back to surveillance, which seems to be the, the, you know, a lot of agents' biggest concern, being able to tell a buyer now, look, you, a buyer should have always behaved as if they were being recorded, right? I don't understand what you would do in a house that you're afraid of being recorded other than the confidentiality negotiation. And so telling a buyer now, look, they could have Arlo cameras outside or Nest cameras inside, act accordingly, don't go anywhere and do anything you shouldn't have done, stick with me. And as agents, you know, being able to give that buyer something to write on, like, you know, sending them something through an app or even paper and pencil, if you're, that's what you do, and saying, write down all your questions, we'll talk about when we're away from the house now, are, is pretty important. Being able to tell a seller when you go in, whether it's lawful for them to even have the audio or video recording devices in their home should be a very basic skill set now for agents. That should be a, a day one listing appointment type of conversation about what they can and can't do and how the listing agent is going to cover the liability of the seller by making sure it's disclosed in MLS and a note on the front door or in your central lock system when, you know, confirmation is showing. Those are pretty important and now very basic skills that every agent should know and possess because you, your job is to protect the liability of both buyer and seller. So, you know, it, from creative problem solving until to require disclosures and, and helping them focus on is pretty important. But, you know, going to a seller's home and identifying a kind of do-it-yourself smart home system where they've got some Google Nest stuff and they've got some Amazon stuff and they've got Lutron stuff in all different places and being able to talk to the seller about whether there's actually value here or not, or is it just better at positioning your property? How am I going to maximize this to make you look different than competitors in the same price range? Or being able to identify a Savant system or a control four system, which is tens of thousands of dollars if you know you go all in mm -hmm. and saying this notably increases the value. And I, the listing agent, need to be able to get the, the appraiser to give a value those are pretty important skills for sellers and buyers to expect in their agents. And this is not new. You know, this a lot of people are kind of just recognizing this, but these things have been out there for five, six years, some of them longer. Right, right. And because they're more ubiquitous, we're now paying more attention. You teach a class in your area on smart homes? So um, I helped write the, uh, or actually wrote the, the CRS smart home certification. It's an eight-hour program. I do teach my webinar and I teach here locally smart home classes as a company. For some of your listeners, this is a small company. For some, this is big. We have, we have about 300 agents. Four years ago or so, we took two of our offices and decked them out with all the gadgets. Like we installed them in the classroom and the kitchen so our agents could get their hands on them. And we started holding classes for our agents where we went through everything from the tech to liability, uh, got their hands on with them, play with it, show them what it does. And um, <laughs> a lot of my students over the years, have said that the smart home class is the most expensive class I've ever taken because they're on Amazon ordering all the stuff I'm talking about during the class. Uh, <laughs> let's try this to get done. 
But uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's a great topic um, because it ties in your risk management skills, your tech skills, and customer service stuff. I mean, there's stuff you can do to market a listing that you that smart home that you can't do for any other home. Pretty awesome. And so if uh, someone listening today, whether they're an agent or, or not, and they want to learn more, where do you suggest that they start? A couple of places. I mean, I think, first of all, you know, your own personal use is always the best place to start. If you go to Best Buy or an electronics store, there's a 16-year-old there who has, you know, been taking webinars about all these cool gadgets they have in the store. And they would love to kind of just show you what it does. And, and um, a lot of Lowe's stores, a lot of Best Buy, they have huge display areas now set up for you to go in and get your hands on it, play with it, uh, look at it. And of course, putting it in your own home, there's no there's no replacement for actually doing it yourself. But but just visiting the electronics store and actually schedule. I mean, it's research for your business. Uh, I would schedule an hour or two to go there and look over all the stuff, understand what it does, see what it is, learn how to recognize it, know the talking points. There's a lot of blogs, social media uh, out there, videos about the different devices and gadgets. Like on my own page, and today I'll be posting about the Orbit or Beehive sensors or sensors you can put under your sink that'll text you if there's any water leakage, you know, if it's oh, under yeah. your, your hot water tank or your sink. So following people who are uh, hobbyists who post about these things uh, to keep up today with them. And then lastly, just training. So, uh, I mean, last year I was in Texas teaching the CRS smart home certification. I don't know if anybody else has one other than CRS, but, you know, check it out. I mean, if your board's doing one or you're, you're, if not, your broker should find someone in the company who's a geek uh, and ask them to put together a class. It's, it's important. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big impact of what we're doing. And it's the new evolution kind of of the home. Uh, your builders are now putting in big savant systems. So sometimes builders will do demonstrations of those systems. If you ask them to, you know, as a broker, if they're installing savant or control four type smart home systems, uh, the builder may be happy to have your company come over and say, can demo the house and show it off and hopefully get it in front of your buyers. So those are, those are a few good places for agents to start. You say you have a blog that this, you post some of this stuff? I should probably check it out. It's MatthewRathbun.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, and Rathbun, R-A-T-H-B-U-N.com. There's, there's no, you have to, I don't know you're there. There's no username, login stuff. There's nothing else. It's just posted. Uh-huh. Well, very interesting. You know, uh, Matthew, you've certainly given us a lot to think about today. And uh, really, thanks so much for joining us. Very interesting. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I, I love talking about this stuff. And, you know, to anybody who will listen for a couple of minutes, I appreciate your, your listeners tuning in and, and listening. And for you guys to find me and, and ask, it's, it's an honor to be asked to share about anything. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. So that wraps things up for us today. If you have a question or topic you would like for us to discuss on the podcast, we want to hear it. Email us at ask at welcometothetop.com. Then listen to hear it covered. And until next time, thanks for listening. And don't forget to call before showing. Special thanks to our hosts, Jonna Fernandez and David Long. Our audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and Guest Relations Manager, Kendall Crawford. Podcast Administrator, Sean Offsall. And Producer, Bree Westbury. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.